Cheddar cheese biscuits and apple pies. Oh my God, I believe I can fly. Shout out to R. Kelly. Pedophiles make the best music. <laughs> that's going too far. That's going too far. I know that's going too far. What's going on? Shout out to every single pair of ears that is tuning in to me right now. Shout out to everybody who takes part in this content and this greatness that is the Greatest Voice Podcast. Shout out to every single soul, every single participant. Uh, I'm in good moods. I'm in good spirits. I have a... A very big day ahead of me today. Um, some news might break out that in these next two to three hours that, that might benefit benefit me financially quite much. And if it benefits me in the way that I want, uh, Daddy's taking a little trip to the club tonight. <laughs> let us let us uh, let us let, let us dance. Let us get let us get into good spirits. Um, we shall commence this episode of the podcast like we have commenced every single episode of the podcast with a code to a song, to a ballad, to a verse, to a melody that really did have me in my feels, that really did set the mood for today. And the quote for today comes from a song by a young man named ASAP Ferg in conjunction with two other men who are very talented in the art form that is R&B and soul and neo-soul. One is Brent Fires, the other is Salam 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 I have no idea how to pronunciate the the third man's name, and I apologize, but to be honest with you, his vocals are not even that important in the song. They have a song together called Dreams, Fairy Tales, Fantasy, and it's ironic because unplanned at all, the subject of today's podcast is going to be about dreams, fairy tales, fantasy, or black representation, and all those forms in general. And the quote from the song is when, at the 59-second mark in the song, where Brent Fias says, no, 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 it's the, it's the one minute and 53 seconds, not the chorus, but it's the part in the song where he says, he said, every night I'm hitting it right. I'm going to bring you on tour with me because you the one for me. And even if you're not for me, it's a good mistake. Bro, I like that because do you know how many of us have wasted 14 to 15 years of our life with the wrong motherfucker? And on top of that, but his response to that was so clear. He said, it's a good mistake. It's a good mistake. Yeah, bitch, yeah, I'm letting you drive my car to work every day. But you know what? It's a good mistake because this just feels so This just feels so good right now. This just temporary feeling that might not last once I meet the next, the next beautiful black woman from Detroit who comes out by way and you get drafted somewhere else. It, man, Brent Fires is speaking the truth. Shout out to Brent Fires. He's actually coming to my city in three and four months and... I am just so excited. Like, I, you do not understand how much a fan I am of this man's music. Like, this man's music literally narrates my life and gets me through the day half the time. So, shout out to him. Um, how was your Thursday? How was your Friday if you're listening to me on a Friday? How was your Saturday if you're following listening to it on a Saturday because you're just that late and you do not want to listen to me in the day of my liveness? Um... I'm good. Like I said, we got some big things happening today. We're going to see what happens. You know, if it goes the way that I want it to go, then, you know, hey, um, uh, production quality of the podcast is going to improve for sure. And we'll see. Um, let's just get right into the topics. Um, I have a lot to discuss. I have a lot that I want to talk about. And a few of these topics I covered throughout the week already. I wanted to bounce back at them just because, 
you know, just kind of give a refresher course. What I've been doing with the podcast as of late, because a lot of you guys have been asking on YouTube, I'm releasing the smaller clips, maybe two videos, one video a day, and then I'm going to do my main long-form podcast once on Fridays. And um, either Fridays and Thursdays, just as a compilation of reviewing all the topics we talked about. And one of them I talked about yesterday was T.I.'s recent comments about his daughter, the breaking of her hymen, how he takes her, keep in mind his daughter is 18 years of age, 18 years of age now. She is a grown adult now. He has yearly visits to the gynecologist to see if her hymen is being broken. In other words, to figure out if she's still a virgin or not. And as far as later notice goes, she's still a virgin. And I killed T.I. yesterday when I talked about this. I said... That is insane. That's far too overpossessive. Your daughter is 18 years old. That's just weird. And then I thought about it. I slept on the idea because I saw a lot of men who have daughters, who have sons and daughters who are saying, well, that's his daughter. He's just trying to protect her. It matters that he cares. It just matters that he cares. It kind of makes me sad to realize that in the black community, we're so unused so many households that are devoid of fathers that just a dad caring is the bare minimum to, is just the is the is going to make us happy because we can all attest all of us who have parents I came from a two parent household we can all attest that sometimes our parents cared in ways or did too much or acted a little overzealous that you know was uncomfortable to say the least um I said yesterday when I was talking on the podcast, you know, we're going to have a conversation about odd black parenting practices. Don't just stop at the the, uh, the inspecting of the hymen every year. And that's weird enough. Let's talk about how growing up, you'd have us go pick a branch off of a tree. We have to self-pick our own branches. You're going to kick our ass with. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how when you beat us, you know, you beating us until we turn red, black, and blue. And I'm dark-skinned, so it's quite difficult to beat me in either of those three colors. Um, let's have conversations about that. Um, and truth be told, even though his T.I.'s practice does sound weird, I would imagine that if you went back in the 60s and 50s and that was in true story, I shouldn't tell that story because she don't want me to put her business out there like that. But um, it's um, it's 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 weird. You know, it's creepy to me. I wouldn't do it. But do the ends justify the means? You know what I mean? Because I am so certain in my heart. I believe in my heart that T.I. is not a pedophile. I do not believe that he's touching his daughter inappropriately. I do feel that he probably wants the best for his daughter, for his kids. He's paying her way through college right now. That's why when I noticed everybody was saying, oh, you see how she's liking his liking the liking the the, the tweets on, on on Twitter, how people are shaming his dad, her dad, because of that. for those who don't know, when this news came out, the T.I. said this, his daughter was on Twitter liking tweets that people said against him about that. Like, that's crazy. That's invasive for your daughter's privacy. And that is true. But the catch about that is. Her father is probably paying for her dorm, paying for her schooling. And I promise you, when she tells him they're right, I don't want to do this anymore. His first thing is going to be like, OK, cool. So with that being said, your schooling is, is un un undubitably, undubitably not paid for. You're going to have to go to community college. You're going to have to go to Kuhagaga Community State, Community College. Yes, sir. So it's, um, and you know, she probably still lives at home. So there's only so much you can, you know. And that's another that's another thing we have a conversation about. Like when you live at home. 
when you live at home still with your parents, and this is why even as a grown man, I'm not dating 18-year-olds, but like, this is why I don't like to date women who still live at home with their mom and dad because it's a lack of independence and a lack of that you have. Like, that was my main argument with, that was my main argument with him saying that he's doing that is you're not allowing your daughter at 18 years old to make, you're not trusting her to make her own right decisions. You know what I mean? She's not going to, as men, we want to protect our daughters. We want to protect our children. And once again, I have no offspring, but we want to protect our daughters. We want to protect our sons. We want to protect them from any type of opposition that can harm them. But I do think that you la- you have to allow those influence to be there and to be touchable and to be reachable and allow them to make the smart decisions to get out of those little points at a certain point of their at a certain age of their life because how are they going to survive in the real world when you're not here? You know what I mean? It's like the other day I was talking to a woman and I can put her business out there because I don't really know her like that. And she was saying like how her daughter's twenty five years old, she still lives with her, she has two kids, one of her sons is autistic. And she said the only reason I'm letting my daughter live with me right now is because one of her sons is autistic. He needs help. And I want to make sure that he goes to school and he's fine. And like I told her, I was like, yeah, I understand that. And that comes from a good place. But at the end of the day, autism isn't something that goes away when the boy turns 19. That's going to be there until the day that he dies. And it's going to be his responsibility of his mom to take care of her. And reality is, you're not going to be here all. You're 53. You're not going to be here maybe in the next 25 to 28, 30 years. So... How is she going to survive when you're not here? You know what I mean? So I, you have to, I think you have to let, I think T.I. when he's saying that, and this is one, this is when we have a conversation about, do the ends justify the means? I do think in all my heart of hearts that T.I. means the best for his children. I do think that he cares. I do think that he loves them. And I do think that he's doing this not because he wants to control her, but because he wants to protect her from what he's seeing. You know, you got to understand this is a nigga from the streets, from Bankhead. Bankhead! Or Riverdale says, says Shorty Lowe. Some would say Riverdale. And from his perspective on things, you know, you see when you, you know, when you're from the hood, you, you see, you see some crazy shit the girls are doing you from there. You see 12 year olds out just sucking dick in hallway. You see some crazy shit, you know, in the hood. Just being real. So, I wonder, like, you know, I, like I said, I I think he's coming from a from a good place, but it's just I don't know if I agree with the means. And that's when we have that's what brings me to the conversation. Do the ends justify the means? You know, we can have a conversation about whooping kids because I believe in whooping kids. I do believe in corporal punishment. I do believe in taking a belt and beating a fucker, motherfucker. I believe in that. But at the same time, I do think at certain intervals, at certain points, it's ineffective in actually reinforcing a lesson in the kid. You know, growing up when I would watch black stand-up comedy, that was one of the, the badges of pride for black comedians. Hey, white kids, white people, y'all don't beat y'all kids. White people, y'all don't beat y'all kids. White people, y'all need to beat that, beat that motherfucker. Beat him. And that was a badge of honor for us that we beat our kids. But reality is, you know, crime rate percentage-wise is higher in our kids than it is in their kids. And where is that coming from? You know what I mean? Like, I know a lot of motherfuckers who got beat the hell up when they were kids and the niggas is serving sentences in San Joaquin, San Quentin, Folsom, any other prison with a Spanish name. Like it's like it's just being real. So I don't you know, 
I do think it comes to a point where you have to realize that that's ineffective. You know, I um, I think I think I, I don't know, and it's sometimes sometimes you just don't know. You know, at the end of the day, with parents, I think every parent parent is doing the best that they can to their own ability, to their own knowledge, and what they think might be effective in getting their kid out there and having him be independent, successful, and sustain a life with his own family. And and along that road, we all make mistakes. You know what I mean? Like, I have this conversation. I have this conversation like about my kids. Like, when I have kids, I'm gonna have the sex talk with them early because I know when I'm raising them, I'm going to be raising them in the social media era where knowledge is just available to them at all points in all directions. So I want them to know before some little dumbass six nine year old tries to play doctor or play hide and go get it with them during recess. Um. I'm have that conversation with them. When it comes to my daughter, when it comes to having sex, I'm gonna encourage her to wait. I'm gonna encourage her so hard to wait. But I also I also have to understand that when she gets to a certain point, it's gonna be her responsibility to just make a decision. Whenever whenever a kid leaves your house, whenever they go to school, high school, middle school, most of the decisions that they're making, they're making without you there. And you just have to trust that. You guided them correctly. You just have to trust that you told them you should not date Reggie from down the block who's shooting niggas recreationally. You should not date uh, Doug who getting F's, who getting F's every day because the nigga has a green eyes. He's the, he's the, he's the, the, the mark, the, the, the best one to date. Like, no, like, I don't know, man. You just have to, you have to trust, you have to trust your kids, you know, and I'm pretty sure T.I. raised intelligent and beautiful kids. You know, his daughter's beautiful, beautiful little girl, you know, so, um. That was an interesting thing I noticed. Like when I went to her social media on, I went to her Twitter, and she had booking info in her profile. But I was like, "Did she make music?" Like it's weird. It's weird how you can fame just allows you to do so much. Like fame can allow you to own a detergent company, and you have no experience in bills or even washing a load of detergent at all. Like it's it's insane to you, bro. That's just that's just weird, bro. It is what it is. That is just me. That is just me. You know. Hey. Shout out, shout out to Ti. I love Ti. I've, I love him. I look at him. I look at him as a, I look at him as a chieftain of our culture, and I respect his opinion. He says a lot of shit I don't agree with, and he says some things that I do agree with, and you know, this would be along the lines with, um, this would be along the lines of shit that I totally, totally don't agree with. But it's kind of hard because. Like I said, I don't have children, and at the same time, I really do feel in my heart of hearts that he means the best for them. Now, moving on, let's have a lighter discussion. Let's have a lighter discussion, a more lighthearted embellishment, indulgement, and fantasy, black faces and fantasy, and all of the above. So, I am aware of that Little Mermaid Live special that came on ABC two days ago. I saw clips of it. I haven't watched a TV channel in quite some time, so I just missed it totally. And I saw that people were pissed off by the way they Flounder looked. Flounder looked like a ghetto Muppet reject from 1995. Um, I think Ali Caravo, Ali, Ali Caravo, the, the, the Simone, the, 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 the Islander woman who played Little Mermaid, I think she was beautiful. Shout out to Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah always looks bomb as usual, but I didn't get to see her actually perform roles. And it had me thinking. 
because I went on a really, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a fan, fantasy Disney Pixar nerd. I was raised on this shit. Like, I got ass kickings in the hood and would come home with bruises. Niggas still, niggas still watching Toy Story at 15. So, so, so I, it got me thinking about the craze that came out four or five months ago when everybody learned that the new Ariel and the new live action, the main production is going to have like 300, 400 million excess dollars behind it. 400 million excess dollars behind it. The main Little Mermaid movie that's coming out. The little girl who's going to play Ariel. She is a black woman. She's a singer. I forgot her name. I want to say it's Haley. But she's a beautiful girl. Beautiful girl. Beautiful girl. She can bear my children. Let me tell you something. Is your hymen ripped? <laughs> but, but like she's. So. And I remember the outrage against it. A lot of people were against them having a black Ariel. And in the defense of most white people. I think more of their outrage was the fact that the mermaid was not going to look like the mermaid that they saw as a child that they were raised on, that they were raised on and who they tried to sing part of part of your world and piss their mama off damn near to death. Um, that was a misconception. I don't think most people were pissed off that it was black. They were more pissed off that it doesn't look like the character that they grew up with. And at that time, my opinion was. I understand the outrage, but I do want a black Little Mermaid because I wanted a black Disney princess to be a part of a film that not. You know, we have the princess and the frog, but we don't really have a black Disney queen or Disney character that knocks shit out the park. I'm talking about there was culture. I don't think Princess and the Frog was culture. Princess and the Frog was maybe like a hot moment because Oprah liked it and. I think Oprah was in it and you had like a lot of black faces and it was dope. But like, I don't see a lot of little black five and six or seven, eight, nine year old girls singing the songs from Princess and the Frog. I feel like that shit was like a, like somebody made a really pretty balloon and just let it go. Like nobody really cares about it anymore. I wanted to have a black princess moment like how we had with Frozen. Do you remember when Frozen came out? Do you remember the craze around Frozen? Do you remember what Frozen did for culture? Frozen, you heard them damn fro man. Black, white, nigga, or Mexican. If you had a child, a four-year-old, a five-year-old, even till now, kids love that. Like Frozen really like impacted culture. Like, I'm talking about impacted culture. Like impacted. Frozen was the baby shark of 2013, 2014. That was what Frozen was. And I just wanted to have that with a black face. Now, the issue in that is is I have lost all and total concrete faith in any live incarnation of a Disney film. I watched Aladdin this year. I watched Lion King this year. And either of those films were just terrible. And objectively speaking, they're not that bad. Objectively speaking, they're not that bad. But just for me personally, I, th I thought these shits was trash. Total waste of nine ninety five, and well, eight nineteen oh two if you count if you put the two together. But I just was so disappointed, and I don't think this Little Mermaid film is going to be good, and I'm so scared that this film was going to bomb with a black girl's a beautiful black girl's face attached to it. And this is when I kind of get into my own racial central kind of thing. You know, I 
When it comes to black representation in fantasy and sci-fi and fiction, I care about that most because I'm a fan of those genres. And those are the genres that I grew up reading, watching movies about, etc., etc. But I just don't want it to just be where... I don't want it to be where you're using blackface as a marketing tool, as like a sign of false acceptance, and also as a way to, also as a way to, to put the black skin as a concrete, as the foundation for a film that you already feel might be shitty anyway. You know, it's the same thing with Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time bombed in the box office. It made good money, but it still bombed. And I knew it was gonna bomb because. You can put Oprah, you can put as many little mixed kids in the film if you want to. That is a boring ass book. I read, I've read the book. That is a boring, boring book. And it was even boring or damn, well, the, the movie's actually pretty, but I'm just, the plot line, the, the plot of the film and the, the plot of the book in of itself made no fucking sense. That's the first thing. But moving on from that, I feel like that they knew that the film was not going to be a strong film. So they had black characters, black actors and black actresses to to use it more as a marketing tool because they don't really care about the quality of the film. They just care about the money that they make back. And that's just how the business works. So I want black characters in films, but, and I like, you know, it's, you know, Hey, reality is you can't shoot. You can't shoot a hundred percent from the free throw line all the time. You know, I, I just don't want us. I, I like black representation in films, but only when it's not, but only when it's not, um, I like it when it's not forced. I like it when it's cohesive and it makes sense. Like, for example, the trailer. I saw the trailer for that film, Soul, Pixar. And the man, the lead character is a black guy, although I'm assuming for 83% of the film, he's a soul. And I like it. It look, it look, it doesn't look like they're trying to pander. It looks like they've made a jank. They created a role genuinely and just happened to have a black man. Now, with that being said, I think the film looks boring as shit. I'm still going to watch it because I grew up on Pixar, but I still think it looks boring. But outside of that, I'm going to watch it. And I like I like that you have a black character in the film and it looks genuine. It doesn't look like it's coming off as like just you trying to pander. You trying to get sales dollar like it, it looks it looks genuine. Um, but I, that film looked boring. I don't I don't know why that film looked boring. This year. I don't know if it's because I just don't like jazz like that. But it's, <laughs> that should look that should look boring. But I'm going to watch it. You know, I just my main thing. And I'm I'm so protective of this. Like, I think black people we have such a need to be included in the conversation, included in films, that it comes at the risk of cutting off our nose to save our face a little bit. If that makes sense. Like, like I said, the um, the Wrinkle of Time's a good example. This Little Mermaid. I'm pretty sure this Little Mermaid film was going to suck ass and feet. But at the same, and I just buy. I don't know. I've lost faith in live action Disney films. In totality, like it's some things that some film studios do not have the craft, do not have the know-how to make. It's the same thing how with DC Comics, DC Comics, DC movies are terrible, but the DC cartoon movies are amazing. DC cartoon movies are amazing. Same thing with Marvel. Marvel TV shows are, eh, but their movies are amazing. You know, and it just happens sometimes. So, you know, and and plus, you know, you know, I saw I saw somebody say a long time ago like how. Um, because we always have this conversation with black people how we want to have more black faces, more black children, more black superheroes, more black elves, more black dwarves. I'm at the point now where, shout out to George R. R. Martin. George R. 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 Martin said something a long time ago about black, about black representation. 
somebody asked him, he was doing a panel, and somebody asked him, you know, in your works, in Tolkien's work, you see most of the protagonists are white people, just blonde-haired, blue-eyed people. Why do you think that is? And he gave a very valid, very good and reasonable point, you know. Fat people are very smart. He, he said, he said, you know, the reason why you have a lack of representation in our in of other colored people in our in our works is because we're old white guys. These are the stories that we were raised off of. We were raised off of stories of, of, of white guys with long flowing hair of King Arthur, of dwarves and elves. These are the cultures that we were given as a kid. Now, granted, if you have someone who's of, of a colored background, I don't like that color, but of a browner background, they're going to give stories from character. They're going to give stories with characters who look like them, you know, and that go and that makes sense because I write, I'm a writer. I write, you know, my main thing is to, be, is to be a podcaster, but I write. And when I write, most of the characters in my story, they look like me. They're black. They're Mexican because I grew up around a lot of Mexican. I'm Filipino because I grew up around a lot, of, a lot of Filipinos. Most of my stories are with black faces or with black skin, and that's just because that is my perspective. I'm a person who grew up loving fantasy, grew up loving anime, grew up reading the Silmarillion, grew up reading JR, um, grew up reading the Harry Potter series, and because of that, I'm also black. So those two things combine, and this is what you get. So it's it's no. I think what you have to do is you have to start encouraging. And we live in a day and age now where black nerddom, black nerddom is far more accepted than it was when I was a kid. The fact that you can go to the hood now and you can see niggas having full length conversations in broad daylight about Dragon Ball Z, about Harry Potter, the fifth film, about Beyblades, about Monster Rancher. That's a beautiful thing, because when I was a kid, you would get your ass whooped for that, just just for being different, you know. And it's, um, you know, hey, the hood is not a friendly place. It is not. It is not. A lot of dark things have happened to me there. But, you know, so, I mean, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I, um, I think my overall goal is, in this world, I look at myself as an artist, whether it's in the in the medium of broadcasting or in the medium of writing or screenplay writing. And I just want to make great art and I want to just be looked at as an inspiration for people of my own culture. And I want to inspire people from all cultures, from all backgrounds, from all walks of life too. But at the same time, it is a certain amount of equity that I feel in inspiring the kids and the teenagers who are going to look like my kids are going to look like. And it is what it is. You know, I am, I think this this the main lesson I've learned this year for me personally is these last two months is don't ever turn your back on your people and you're never too big you're never too big for your people you know the thing about black people bro is like and this is why I I kind of we are so accepting we are so accepting we we are so accepting you don't even the fact that Kanye West pissed off eighty three percent of black people uh, last year and then he's all in all of our good graces all of our good graces. My auntie and him talking about this nigga just because he picked up 11 black aunties from a church, from a Pentecostal church in, in Georgia, and this nigga's doing a tour across the world. Like, the fact that that is, that is just crazy to me. And like, I, like I've said about that in totally, y'all canceled this man last year because he says some shit that y'all disagreed with, and now he's back in your good graces because he says he's saved and filled with the Holy Ghost now. Y'all are retarded now. And that actually is a good segue. That is the perfect segue for my next topic. Cancel culture. 
Uh, shout out to Sam Whiteout. Shout out to uh, D. Ray Davis or D. Ray. I forgot his last name. I saw the panel that him, two other beautiful black women of color. <laughs> that was too much. Two beautiful black women of color. I saw the panel that they did talking about cancel culture. And the guy shout the Sam White out. He said, one of the reasons people, have, they, they're in support of cancel culture. They're in support of it. And they said, he said, one of the reasons that I think people have an issue with cancel culture is because they're scared of some shit that's growing in their own backyard that somebody's going to dig up. And that is true. That is true. First off, and this is my response to cancel culture. Cancel culture is not a new concept. Muhammad Ali was canceled. Those two black athletes 50 years ago who, when they won the Olympics, they did that protest with their fists while they were while the American anthem was playing. They were canceled. Death threats sent to their house and everything. Now, thank God we live in a day and age where their displays were respected and they have statues in their honor, but one of them committed suicide. So they were canceled. Cancel culture is not a new thing. So you tweeting because you pissed off of some shit that I said. It is like literally like very low, very low in the thermometer of shit that can happen when the shit when the shit get hot. Trust me. Um, the reason why I don't like cancel culture right now is because I don't like it where everybody's pretending that we're better than one another. And that's not the way that the world is. The world is now. It's always been like that. You know, you've always had these set standards of belief that you're better than this person because you don't do this. You're better than this person because you don't do that or that they do this and you don't do that. And what we've learned over the last 2000 years is that all humans are we're only human and all humans are incapable of very human, very human and low morality moments and. It is something to be said about how you shouldn't let those moments judge and dictate your entire life and your entire character. Now, that is a slippery slope because I'm pretty sure if Adolf Hitler would have lived to 67 or 69, maybe his views would have changed somehow. And, you know, you still would have, even if his views would have changed, you still would have had to hold held him accountable for killing in excess of uh, 6 million Jews. But... No, no, Adolf Hitler wasn't going to change. But that's a far cry from somebody touching it from, from a son, from a guy making a girl feel uncomfortable by cat calling her. But you get what I'm saying. Um, I think we should have the freedom to call out people when they do stupid shit. But my way that I do it is I try to come from a place of understanding because in my lifetime, I have been at the lowest of human, I've had moments, man, where I've just been at the lowest that a human, human, a human morality-wise could be at, and it's not a good feeling. You know, I've always said, I told y'all, like I'm, I'm from the hood. I told y'all, it's like, it's at least five people in my life, five, not in my daily day life, but it's five people who are living right now, who are alive, living, going every single day to Jamba Juice, kicking it at Cold Stone, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and. I would want to kill these motherfuckers, bro. I mean, kill them. Nah, I don't even want to hire it. I, I'm talking about, I want to take this microphone and bash them across the head. With, like, I want to kill these niggas. But the only thing that stops me is the law in the United States. That's the only thing that stops me. That's the only thing that stops me. 
And I think that people don't understand that when it comes to law, a lot of what our expectations of what morality should be is based on law. And a lot of the times you got to realize that the reason that we have these laws is because at one time that particular crime that the law forbids was rampant, was happening a lot. Just the fact, and I make this parallel all the time, just the very fact that in the Bible, you had to have a law. Do you know how much people had to be killing each other to have a law that says thou shalt not kill? That should be common sense, but you had to have a law for that. That means that you had a lot of people who were walking around who were thinking like my crazy black ass, like, damn, I'm going to kill Reggie tomorrow. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just being real. So we have to be, if we're going to be judgmental of people, if we're going to call out John for making a woman feel uncomfortable, we have to all raise our hand and acknowledge when we've made a woman feel uncomfortable. I can tell you, I've never pressed up on a girl in a way that she ain't like. I've never raped a girl or no shit like that. But I have gotten a girl's number and texted her and she didn't want it. I have tried to talk to a girl at the bus stop and stayed, tried to talk to her at least five minutes longer than what she would have wanted me. She didn't want to talk to me, period. But my dumb ass is not getting the hint. We've all done that and made those mistakes. And, you know, it's, we've all made a woman feel uncomfortable. And it's, you know, you just have to, you have to, you have to be willing to, you have to be willing to, you have to be willing to, you know, maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these people who are calling out, who are the, um, who are the, the forerunners behind council culture, maybe they just have squeaky clean backgrounds and they never did anything fucked up because I can just admit that I'm a terrible person and I've made some mistakes. And at this point in my life, I'm willing to use me as an example of why you shouldn't make those mistakes. You know, I'm just being I'm just being vulnerable about it. You know, I'm not going to sit up here and act like I'm the best person. We all make mistakes. We all we all act. We all act less holier than God would, would intend us to or Buddha would intend us to or Allah would intend us to. You get what I'm saying? So um, that's my personal opinion about that. Um Shout out to, and shout out to D-Ray, shout out to Sam White. I think they have very good intentions for people of colored origins, for people of my background. But I just think with this cancel culture, and it's sometimes with cancel culture, sometimes it's very misdirected. Like sometimes you cancel people like, you cancel people in situations where just a little bit more investigation would, this is what I want people to do now. And I'm not even trying to shit on this generation because Humans have thought like this across the board. Let's start promoting you taking the time to investigate a topic. Let's be forwarders of you investigating, taking the time to do your own research about a topic before you just take up a torch, light it on fire and get behind Chelsea because she say the white dude at the gas station called her husband a nigger and she wasn't there. He was there and he might have been drunk. That's my thing. We live in a day and age where you have to use, you should use more independent thought to survive in this world today because Adolf Hitler said this a long time ago. Thank, quote Adolf Hitler, thank God that the masses don't think. Thank God that the masses don't think. It's just how you, when you go online, you see all these damn quotes on Instagram, on memes on Instagram, quoting Will Smith saying, um, do as the world says for we shall end and it's always some fire shit and then you realize when you do the research Will Smith has never said this shit a day in her life I remember when Mary, that whole quote by Marilyn Monroe where it says like that that one that's like if you don't deserve me if you don't deserve me at my worst you don't deserve me at my best 
Nigga, she never said that. And that meme is floating everywhere. She never said that in her life. Never. I did the research. She has never said that in her life. But this has been a great podcast. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Thank you for being a part of the family. Much love, peace, and chicken grease. We shall be here uh, probably again tomorrow. Thank you for working with me. Thank you for praying with me. And thank you for being a part of the family. Ciao, ciao.